Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Back and better than ever, Greeny with you, presented by Progressive Insurance. My guests on the Shell Pennzoil performance line on this Tuesday, working our way towards Thanksgiving and delighted that you have chosen to spend a little time together here because I've got a lot to do today. A lot to do. We're going in hard on what happened last night in the NFL. We are not doubling down on a, on a take from yesterday that seemed to have sparked a little controversy. We're tripling down. All that and a whole lot more as we continue. Plus, something I just want you to know about my phone that has me aggravated. All that and more. But I want to start with what I hope is not a very serious story. But you may have seen, if you've been checking Twitter today or wherever it is you get your news that the Cowboys have canceled their practice and their media availability for this day. Now, we tend to let those things just sort of go in one ear and out the other because we just assume, okay, there's been a positive test, there's been contact tracing. Let me read you the story. The decision, again, to cancel practice and cancel all their media availabilities for today is not related to COVID, but is due to a medical emergency, according to a team spokesperson. Further information is still forthcoming, but the circumstances, as it says here on DallasCowboys.com, speak to the severity of the situation. They're working on a short week. Remember, they play Thursday against Washington, so their practice time is severely limited. So for them to have canceled practice today um, with just the, the short period they have before this traditional Thanksgiving Day game because of a medical emergency and to say that it is not COVID-related And for the information not to have been forthcoming for this long, this has been out there for almost two hours now, I will will just say I'm a bit concerned. I don't have any information any further at all, and I don't know that anybody does. So I'm not trying to raise alarms here or anything like that, but that that makes me a little nervous, and we will keep a a close eye and ear on that situation because um, something serious, uh, it would appear, must have happened there in order for them to cancel literally everything that they would normally have done on this day, particularly with it being a short week. So uh, not to start on something of a downer note, but I think that is something we need to keep an eye on and something to be a bit concerned about today. So we will. In the meantime, to last night's Monday Night Football game and the storyline coming out of it that I, I can't believe people aren't screaming more loudly than they are. How is it that I feel like I'm the only person in the world who watches the Buccaneers and thinks Bruce Arians should not be their coach. You know who should be watching their games right now and laughing hysterically? Jameis Winston. Now we know why Jameis Winston threw all those interceptions. Because Bruce Arians' offense stinks. Bruce Arians wants to chuck it down the field. No risk it, no biscuit. He did it with Jameis Winston, who came out from college with a reputation for turning the ball over. And now he's doing it with the greatest quarterback of all time who better than anyone in history goes into a three-step job, reads the defense before they even know what they're doing themselves, hits his back foot and has the ball out of there before you know what can happen. And instead, he's got him in a combination of five and seven step drops, throwing more balls down the field than any other quarterback in the NFL this season. Last night in a game that was tied up until the final four minutes. This offense is a joke. It is a mistake. What are we doing here? So I want to start a new feature on this show, and it is going to be called... What the actual heck, which is the best, the closest I can come to saying what I was saying, watching it last night on my television screen. So I asked him to put together some numbers for me, and here they come on this Bruce Arians offense. 
Tom Brady has thrown 56 passes this season, 20 or more yards downfield. That is the most of any quarterback in the National Football League. That is like signing Ben Simmons to your team and saying, all right, kid, we're going to chuck up a bunch of threes. I just want you shooting threes, Ben. I know that's not what you do. I know it's not why people talk about you like you're a great player, but it's what I believe in. And I'm a brilliant coach. Look at all my champ. Oh, never mind. I don't have them. Well, you haven't. Oh, wait a minute. You've got six championships as a quarterback. I have none as a head coach. But I'm deciding we're throwing the ball downfield because no risk it, no biscuit. I'm Bruce Arians, and I'm a genius. Well, you know what you're doing? You're ruining a season that should have championship aspirations. And those are slipping away lightning fast. Brady is throwing the ball up there like, like a punt. You see the picks he threw last night? Where are we going with the football? And why are we doing it? That's not what Tom Brady does. You don't sign Tom Brady to do that. He's thrown nine interceptions this season. He only threw eight all of last year on a bad New England team with absolutely no weapons. Tom Brady doesn't turn the ball over. Bruce Arians does. Somewhere watching this thing from his house in New Orleans, wherever he's living right now, Jameis Winston is laughing hysterically. You know what comes from that? The Buccaneers rank 31st in the NFL and converting on third and long. 31st, because it's always third and long. Because you're throwing these ridiculously low percentage passes down the field. You're putting Brady in a position where he's got to now throw 12-yard passes instead of five yards and let all of this ridiculous array of playmakers make plays. You've got all these guys who can make yards after the catch. Why the hell is he throwing the ball down the field like that? Why is no one else saying this? I don't feel like there's nearly enough attention being paid to that. I guess it's because everyone cares about Brady. And so everyone is saying, what's wrong with Tom Brady? And I'm here to tell you what's wrong with Tom Brady is his coach. Because they're not keeping him protected long enough. He doesn't have the time to throw. The the routes do not have time to develop down the field because that takes forever. And last night, you got the Rams getting pressure right up the gut, which Brady and every other quarterback that has ever lived can't play with. And so he's throwing the ball downfield. And you, I could see it in his face. If you watch the postgame sound, we played it on Get Up for you this morning. If you watched any of him after the game yesterday, you look at the look on his face. Tom Brady looks disgusted because he knows. Tom Brady knows. And if Bruce Aarons doesn't figure it out, this season's done. They're done. I've been saying from the beginning, if everyone plays their best, I think the Bucs are the best team. But they don't play their best. And I believe the coach is the reason. So it's as simple as that. That's where the conversation begins this morning. Bruce Arians, what the actual heck are you doing? Why? Are we, what are these plays that we're calling? Why have we turned Tom Brady into something much closer to Jameis Winston than anyone could have ever imagined he would be? Let Brady dink and dunk. Let Brady get it out there quick. you got a good defense. you got running backs. you got Ronald Jones. You went out and got Leonard Fournette. So right now, to me, the problem in Tampa is the coaching. It is the play calling. Last night on third and long, the Buccaneers went one and eight. Or excuse me, one of eight. They're two of 27 in their four losses this season on third and long. They're in third and long much too often. Again, Brady has attempted more throws 20 yards downfield this season than any other quarterback in the NFL. He has also, not coincidentally, had more of those incomplete than any other quarterback. No quarterback in the National Football League has thrown more incomplete passes down the field than Tom Brady. Just let that thought percolate a little bit. And I'm telling you right now, 
He's 43. That wouldn't happen to Tom Brady if he was 63, if he was throwing the ball six yards downfield, which is how he made himself into an icon, which is how he made himself into the, the, the most accomplished quarterback that ever lived. So that's where the conversation begins today. Bruce Arians has it completely wrong, and it may be too late to salvage it because I think it's too late now to catch New Orleans, which means you wind up opening these playoffs at Green Bay or something like that. You have no chance. You're asking Brady to win three road games on the way to a Super Bowl? It's not going to happen. This was your chance in Tampa. It couldn't have been more set up. Couldn't have been more set up. And in my opinion, the problem is the coach. Greeny inviting you to download the DraftKings app and use my name, Greeny, as the code. You'll get a free shot at millions of dollars up for grabs this week with your first deposit. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Next order of business. It was brought to my attention that something I said yesterday about Justin Herbert got a little bit of attention on the Internet, and I'm delighted for that. That's what I came back for. I came back here to mix it up. Let's have these conversations. I'm going to give you my opinions. You're more than entitled to disagree. So let's have that one again. I was telling you that Justin Herbert, in my opinion, is a better quarterback now and into the future than Tua Tungavailoa, and that the Dolphins will regret having made that pick as they did. That's what I said yesterday. I'm told that that met with some resistance online. So someone asked me, Greeny, do you want to double down today? And I said, no, I don't. I'm going to triple down. I'm tripling down on that take. There are three teams that picked in the top five of the NFL draft this past year that will regret not having taken Justin Herbert. Three teams. And I will name them in the order in which they selected. The first was the Washington football team. They picked number two overall. They took the spectacular pass rusher Chase Young out of Ohio State. No one is arguing that that's a bad player or a bad pick. But for a franchise that has already given up on the first-round quarterback you took the year before, a young quarterback, a dynamic young star who's got absolutely everything going for him, physical talent beyond what anyone um, anyone was talking about. You watch Justin Herbert play for 10 consecutive minutes, and you tell me he wouldn't look great in Washington right now. Ron Rivera would feel a whole lot better about the future of that franchise. I guarantee it. So that's number one. Number two is Detroit. They took Jeff Okuda, terrific defensive back out of DBU, also known as Ohio State. Not a bad pick. Great pick. Going to be a great player. Shutdown corner, incredibly valuable. But that's a team going nowhere. They haven't been anywhere in a really long time, and they're not going there anytime soon. So wouldn't it be nice, and this is not a statement about Matthew Stafford, who I think has had no chance. He has had the misfortune of having been in a terrible franchise his entire career. He's a really good player. Maybe he gets one more shot at the end of his career someplace else. But how good would it be in Detroit right now to be building, starting over again around a young quarterback like Justin Herbert? His numbers are up on the screen right now on ESPN+. Plus. As a rookie, pressed into action 10 minutes before the second game of the season. 68% completion, 2,700 yards, 22 touchdowns, six picks, passer rating of 104.7. He's been unbelievable, unbelievable. And he checked every box coming out of college, and we all missed him. We all missed him because of the coaching at Oregon, as it turns out, because he wasn't running the right offense. You put this kid into an offense where he can shine and look at him. 
Team could easily have three or four more wins. He has gone toe-to-toe with Brady and Breeze and Mahomes. He's got absolutely everything. So that's the second team that will regret not taking him. And then the third one is Miami. Now, I hope Tua winds up being a great player, and he might. He might wind up being a great player. But I told you before the draft, if I had a draft board, he wouldn't have been on it because injury concerns are far too significant, far too. You're rolling the dice in a huge way there. So I'll be fascinated to see what they wind up doing. Now, look, Tua's got a bunch of magic. He looked very good the first, well, the the second and third games that he played. He's now played four, right? He had that game against the Rams where the defense scored all those points. Then he looked good in two games, and then he looked bad enough this past week that they benched him in the middle of a game because they thought Ryan Fitzpatrick gave him a better chance of winning. But you don't make these judgments year one. So this isn't about that. This isn't about Tua. For me, Tua, the only question on him are the injury concerns. He's going to be a terrific player otherwise. But I think Herbert is special. I asked Ryan Clark three weeks ago, maybe four, to name the top five quarterbacks in the NFL under the age of 25. We made that the cutoff on purpose because Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson are 25. And it would be too obvious to make them number one and number two because they clearly would be. And the order in which he put them was, this was Ryan Clark talking, Kyler Murray, number one, Justin Herbert, number two, Lamar Jackson, last year's MVP was three, Joe Burrow was four, and Josh Allen was five. That's the list he put together. What I'm saying is, I double down, I triple down on what I said on Justin Herbert yesterday. And further, I would say that if all these teams in the sport had a chance to redo that draft, Justin Herbert would have gone a lot higher having seen what we've seen so far. And that's all you need. This limited sample size. The kid is great. And he's going to be ridiculously good. So that's where I stand. I'm happy to hear your disagreement. That's what it's for. That's why we're here. We're here to argue about the comparative insignificance of what it is we're here to talk about. We've got a really serious world with all kinds of really important stuff. I'm dying to argue over whether or not Justin Herbert is going to be a better pro than Tua Tungavailoa. That makes me feel good. Let's have that argument. And with that, I invite you to be a part of Greeny Nation on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. ESPN Nation is presented by Dr. Pepper. The college football season is heating up, and so is your favorite Dr. Pepper-loving college football town, Fansville. Head to a store near you to treat your inner college football fan to an ice-cold 20-ounce Dr. Pepper today. All right, a few other things I wanted to get in here, and, and then we will. I, I want to talk about the Joe Burrow situation a little bit. This created, so if you think that I created a stir, I can't create anything compared to Rex Ryan. All Rex Ryan has to do is get out of bed in the morning, and people are yelling and screaming about the things that he says. So he comes on Get Up the other day, and he is critical of the Bengals because Joe Burrow dropped back to pass more times, threw more passes, and got hit more than any quarterback in the sport, starting as a rookie. And that seems to have created a lot of people upset. And here's what I will say about the Burrow situation. I don't think, it, it, look, 2020 is always, uh, hindsight is always 2020. It's very easy to look at it now that he got hurt and point to all of these numbers. But Rex was not the first person I heard saying this. Joe Burrow was on pace to become the sixth rookie to take 50 sacks. It's a list that includes David Carr, Tim Couch, and Blake Bortles. Sometimes these things don't work out so well. And so while I understand that you want to put Burrow out on the field, I do think that the complicated part of it all 
for these teams that have young quarterbacks and that want to get them out there as quickly as they can because they want to get as much use out of their rookie contract as possible is that you are walking the fine line. You're balancing the fine line between trying to win games and trying to develop the quarterback. And to have him drop back and throw it 50 times a game, even if it gives you the best chance of winning, in the long run might not be the best thing for your organization. And whether the coach is going to look at it that way because the coach is is just trying to keep himself from getting fired, I get it. So I'm not sitting here criticizing Zach Taylor. I'm not sitting here saying that the Bengals got it wrong and that they are the reason that the kid is hurt. It is an absolute terrible shame that the kid is hurt. But the hit he got hurt on could have happened on any play in any game. It could easily have happened in the first play of the first game of the season. So you cannot blame all of that. You cannot blame this injury on the decisions they made. It doesn't mean that the decisions weren't wrong. The numbers are up on my screen on ESPN+. Plus. He was pressured the most of any quarterback in the NFL this year, sacked the fifth most, and contacted tied for the second most. For a rookie with no preseason and a truncated training camp. So was that really the best way to try and develop a young quarterback? Even one as promising and as mature and as progressed in his development as Joe Burrow obviously was and is. We're going to go to Cincinnati in a few minutes here, and and we will get the very latest on that situation because I think it really is interesting. We will do that coming up here. Greeny with you, presented by Progressive Insurance, and our guests will appear, as always, on the Shell Penzoil performance line. Meanwhile, there's something I just want you to know. I need you to listen carefully. I just want you to know. So I just want you to know is when I will usually share something personal, something from my life, or just something that I've been thinking about. But today, I'm going to cede my I just want you to know to my good friend Dave Revson. You know Rever. He used to work with me here at ESPN. He's a Northwestern guy like me, and he is now the lead anchor on the Big Ten Network. And he does an outstanding job covering all of sports, and he's an incredibly good and smart guy. And I follow him on Twitter, and he tweeted the following. And boy, did this resonate with me. Let me see if it resonates with you. He tweeted, Am I the only one who hates the new format for setting an alarm in the new iOS, typing in the time rather than spinning the wheel? I loved the spin. Felt like getting my shot with Bob Barker on the big wheel on The Price is Right. Anyone know if there's a way to get it back to that? Now, here's the thing, Reverend. I wish you hadn't gone to the joke. By going to the joke, you defeat, you deflate, you diminish the seriousness of the observation because the, I did not like the wheel because I felt like I was on the prices right. I just liked the wheel better than this nonsense, typing in the time and then making sure you have AM or PM pushed and it's so not clear which one is currently in use. Every time I set an alarm, I have to first set another one for one minute from now to make sure it goes off. Who can live like this? Who is it that looks at these things and says, oh, here's a better idea? See, sometimes I think they feel like they just need to upgrade these things. They just need to have to download the new upgrade on the app or on the operating system just to make you feel like they're doing something. I hate doing it. Does anyone else hate typing in the time to set an alarm on your phone? I hate it. And it has nothing to do with how much I loved spinning the wheel. But spinning the wheel was way better than this. So I'm with Rever on this one. And I'd like to know if you agree. You can tweet at me. Use the hashtag Greeny. Just hashtag Greeny with a Y. Do you hate this thing? 
And the corollary to that question is, is there some way of going back to the old way, as Rever asked? I'd like to know. And then the third corollary to this thing is, is there some way, is there someone to whom we can write a sternly worded letter and say we want the old way back? Who's in charge over there now? Is that Tim Cook? Is that his decision? Who's making these choices over there? I got to have a word with them because this way is no good. Anyway, I just wanted you to know that I'm curious to see if you feel the same way I do. Uh, Coming up next, the one team that could least afford it has a major problem this week. And you'll hear which team that is and what the problem is. Greeny, the podcast. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute. But Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement... Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists, like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Before I get to the reporters ready to go, I have excellent news. See, this is the beauty of this. Ask and I shall receive. Everyone is telling me that I can set my alarm. I don't need to spin a wheel. I don't need to type in the little digits, which I hate. But I can actually ask Siri to do it for me. So I've got two reporters getting ready to go here. But once I'm done with that, I'm going to see if that works. We're going to test it. And Rever, if you're listening, I think I've solved both of our problems. So this would be great. This is outstanding. Thank you for the information. Use the hashtag Greeny with a Y. And I always get uh, the very latest from you. So we've got all that to get to. In the meantime, let me do a little bit of one question. Bubba, give me a little music here, and let's do one question. I have only one question. I have two spots that I have one question. The first is Cincinnati. Our Bengals reporter is Ben Baby, and he joins me on the Shell Pennzoil performance line. And, and Ben, I, I guess my, my one question for you is, what does the organization know about when to expect, with the news yesterday, when to expect Joe Burrow to next be ready to play for them? You know, right now, we tried to pin that down yesterday. And first off, thanks for having me, Greeny. And, you know, we tried to get Zach Taylor to confirm that Burrow would be back 
for the start of the 2021 season. And he just said, you know, he, he, he said it's a vague, he gave a vague answer and said, you know, he'll be ready for 2021. Now, when exactly that is, he was not willing to commit to. And so that means that the timetable is uncertain right now. And, and Stefania Bell, our ESPN insider, uh, when it comes to stuff like this, you know, made a very good point uh, this morning on Get Up saying that until they have surgery, they're not going to really know what the full extent is. And, you know, it already is, you know, worse than was initially believed, you know, from the day of, you know, when you have the ACL and the MCL completely torn. And then there's other damage as well that you're not going to be able to sift through until the inflammation goes down. The fact that Burrow hasn't had surgery yet indicates that, you know, we can't really even start the clock until that occurs. You can't start the rehab rehab process until he has surgery. So a lot of this right now remains to be seen. You know, I think if you're going to have to have a sit and wait approach and and until then, you're not going to get a clear timetable. And the fact that, you know, Taylor was unwilling to give one, you know, lets you know that the organization isn't really clear as to when they're going to get Joe Burrow back, except for that they anticipate it will be at some point in 2021. Ben, I actually have one more question, which is I had heard some criticism that they were putting him in harm's way too much from some places before he got hurt. Mike Tannenbaum said it. I heard Amy Trask said it. Then after the injury yesterday, Rex Ryan said it loudly on ESPN. To what degree, if at all, has that resonated internally? Yeah, you know, I think that they, this has been a very clear criticism from, from me the last season, and it's something that had been talked about throughout the entire offseason. Is this offensive line good enough to protect Burrow? And at the beginning of the year, Burrow did take a good amount of hits. And, you know, Taylor was asked about this point blank, and he said that over the last few weeks that the, the offensive line has gotten better, and our ESPN metrics show that the Bengals have actually been in the middle of the pack and have not been among the worst lines in the league. However, I think in hindsight you should be able to say, you know, there are some positions that they need to upgrade on, and, and there is some, some inherent risk in, in, in what Burrow was being asked to do. And, you know, I think they could have done – they could have made a few more moves to solidify the line – and so now in hindsight, all of that will be brought into question as they move forward and they go, and, you know, it requires a further evaluation as to what needs to happen with this offensive line before Burrow steps back on the field. All right, ben Baby in Cincinnati with me, our Bengals reporter, outstanding. Thank you very much. We will check back with you uh, a little bit later. In the meantime, I only have one question. I have one question for Jamison Hensley, who covers the Ravens for us in Baltimore. And this is what I meant when I said a team that could least afford it has a problem this week. The Ravens, who face a monster game Thursday night in Pittsburgh, now dealing with significant COVID issues. Jamison, welcome as always. What is the latest there regarding the players that they will be without and how you would expect that to impact their chances of pulling off a win that would completely change the narrative of their season? Yeah, Greeny, it's kind of in limbo at this point. Uh, on Monday, the Ravens announced that two running backs, Mark Ingram and J.K. Dobbins, both tested positive. They're on the COVID list. Uh, they will not play Thursday uh, against the Pittsburgh Steelers. They, they had the facility closed yesterday morning. They reopened it and were able to have a walkthrough, but they learned of more positive tests this morning, and they again had to go all virtual, so no practice today. Uh, they are scheduled to leave for Pittsburgh tomorrow uh, and go and go and play the undefeated Steelers. But I mean, this is a very short week. This is a team that has lost three of its past four games. They're facing a lot of criticism as far as this offense being too simplistic, too predictable, uh, and now they're going to go up shorthanded against the Steelers. And yeah, I think we all expected, even last month thinking that this Thursday night game uh, was going to determine who was going to be the AFC North champion. 
now because the Ravens have stumbled so much in the month of November, they could officially be eliminated from the division race if they lose to Pittsburgh on Thanksgiving night. Could never have seen that coming. Jameson, it's always great to talk to you. Thank you. Let's try and check in tomorrow or Thursday as we get set for that game. And that's one question. I got to ask him one question. With me, Greeny, on uh, on ESPN Radio, it's it's a mess. And, and I actually have a stat on them, on the Ravens, because I think people look at the difference between their team from a year ago and their team today, and they say, is the difference the explosive plays, right? They, they made all these explosive plays. This year, it's so methodical. They don't pound the ball on you, and they don't, as a result of that, hit these big plays. Lamar Jackson became the MVP last year, not just because he ran it around so well, but because they made these big plays in the passing game. Well, let me give you today's fascinating stat brought to you by DraftKings, America's top-rated daily fantasy app. Their percentage of explosive plays is actually better than it was a year ago. Very slightly better, but better. Last year, they had 6.2% of their plays were explosive. This year, it's 6.4%. Now, that's no difference, but the point is, it's no difference. It was actually 18th in the NFL last year, and this year it's 9th. You want to know where the difference is? Last year, their average drive distance, just every time they got the ball, how far they went, the average was number one in the NFL. And this year, it's 24th. That's today's fascinating stat. That's why the Ravens are where they are right now offensively. They just can't hang on to the ball. They don't move the ball. Last year, they churned it out, churned it out, time of possession, running it down your throat. Combination of the league figuring it out, losing Marshall Yonda, the alignment in the offseason, then getting the big left tackle hurt. A bunch of different things have come together. And as a result, they just don't hold on to the ball the way they used to. They had an 11-point lead this past weekend against Tennessee at home and let that get away. That's not something that would ever have happened a year ago. Coming up next, a coach says something that makes him sound like a complete jerk. But the question is, is he actually right? Greeny, the podcast. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. As we sit here in the midst of a pandemic, I'm not going to scratch off any one-loss Power 5 champion at this point. I'm really interested to see what the playoff selection committee decides to do when the rankings are released on the 24th. Greeny with you on ESPN Radio. Uh, tonight is the first top 25 college football playoff ranking special. You'll see it on ESPN. And, of course, right in the middle of all of it 
is our Heather Dinich, who's just been terrific on this stuff for us. And she's with me on the Shell Pinto performance line. And I saw you tweeted in anticipation of this appearance, Heather, that I'm going to put you through a bunch of mental gymnastics, which I am going to do in just a moment. But let me first get your take on the Dabo Sweeney thing from today. He he continues to be upset. The coach of Clemson continues to be upset that the game against Florida State got canceled under the circumstances that it did. And today he said this. You know, listen, I, I'm not really worried much about what they say down there in Tallahassee, uh, that's for sure. You know, I've been in this league 18 years. I've been the head coach here 12. All right. Uh, you know, they've had three head coaches in four years. So decisions that, that they make, uh, you know, I'm not going to worry about advice from Tallahassee. So this in response to questions about the Florida State coach, Mike Norvell, explaining why they didn't play the game. This is just a terrible look. I mean, we, we can debate who's right and who's wrong all day long, Heather, but it's a terrible look. How did it get to this and how do they get out of it? No, it's got to stop. It is a terrible look. It's a public relations nightmare, not just for Clemson, for Florida State, for the entire ACC. It looks terrible. We get out of it because they have to agree behind the scenes to play on December 12th. I mean, that's that's the compromise that has to happen here. Um, you know, Clemson Athletic Director Dan Radakovich has talked about how they don't want to pay $300,000 again a second time, and of course that's certainly understandable, but there has to be some sort of compromise behind the scene. And you know what, Greedy, the, only, the thing that really disappoints me about this is that Florida State's not good because I remember covering the ACC when Clemson Florida State meant everything and if you would add this on top of that then it would be really fun but it's not fun it's just a family feud that's become public yeah well we'll offer some more thoughts on this a little bit later because I want to take the time that I have with you here to go through the scenario so when we get to this point in the college football season the way I always like to approach this is by asking which teams control their own destiny where they fall in the rankings are a little bit less important to me than whether or not they control their own destiny. So let me go through a few. Let's start with Clemson. Does Clemson fully control its destiny? If it wins out and beats Notre Dame, is there any question they get in? No, there's no question. I think they're in. Okay, so there's one. That's an easy one. Now I ask this one uh, somewhat nervously and advisedly. How about Northwestern? If they win out and they beat Ohio State for the Big Ten Championship, do they get in no ifs, ands, or buts? I think they do if they're undefeated. My only caveat to that is, does Ohio State lose before that? And I don't think they do. I don't think it, the only way Northwestern would be devalued as a conference champion is if Ohio State is devalued in the eyes of the committee. And as long as they're in the top four tonight and they stay there and they're undefeated, which I think they would be, yes, I think Northwestern is in as a Big Ten champ, undefeated. Okay. I agree, and I think it would be completely unfair otherwise, and I'm telling you right now, I would ask you to, to help me organize some sort of a protest if it doesn't happen, but we'll, we'll worry about that when we get there. Those were the ones that I think I knew already. Now let's get to the interesting ones. How about Florida? Does Florida control its destiny? I believe so, because any team with a chance to win the SEC has a chance to finish in the top four, and Assuming they win the East and they play Alabama, they beat Alabama, they're in. The question is, is Alabama in? Okay, so that, that's a good one there. But Alabama, we know, controls their destiny. If they win out, there's nothing to even talk about. So now what, you'd be, what you're talking about is a scenario where Alabama loses. We, will, we can cover that another time. How about Texas A&M? No, they don't control their own destiny because it's unlikely that they win the SEC West. They need a lot of help. They need Florida to beat Alabama. If that happens, their best hope would be for the committee to look at them and say, okay, 
They have the best win in the country against the SEC champs, Florida, and the best loss in the country against the runner-up, Alabama. Do they have a shot at getting in? That's the only way. Greeny and Heather Dinich with me here. Next up are the two um, from sort of outside the main um, group, and that would be Cincinnati and BYU. Do they, either or of them, control their own destiny? No, because they need chaos from the Power Five conference champion contenders. Not only do they have to finish undefeated, and Cincinnati has to add a conference title to its resume, they also need chaos above them. Somebody has to lose. The worst possible thing for Cincinnati or BYU would be for Clemson to beat Notre Dame in the ACC championship game, and then you have two ACC teams who split to each other with one loss each. And for what I talked about earlier, which is Florida beating Alabama, and then you have Florida and Alabama in contention as well for that fourth spot. So that's the worst thing that can happen. But no, Cincinnati and BYU have to run the table and they need help. Okay, and, and then just to go back to it, if, if assuming the winner of the let, – let, let's say there's an unbeaten Big Ten champion, whether it's Ohio State or Northwestern. That team gets in. There's nothing to talk about. Alabama, if they win it out, they get in. There's nothing to talk about. If Clemson beats Notre Dame and it's a close game and they've now split, you told me there's no question in your mind Clemson gets in. In that scenario, does Notre Dame get in too? That is something that I have to wait to see what does a Pac-12 champion look like. What do BYU and Cincinnati look like? Because – Here's the other question. Does Notre Dame win at North Carolina? Let's see if North Carolina is ranked tonight. There are two. Notre Dame's interesting to me because if Notre Dame loses to North Carolina and beats Clemson, I think they still have a great case to get in as a one-loss ACC champ with a loss to North Carolina. If Clemson beats Notre Dame, though, and Notre Dame's not uh, excuse me, North Carolina is not ranked. What else does Notre Dame have on its resume? It has the win against Clemson. Mm-hmm. So that gets tricky. That's not a guarantee that those two ACC teams get in. That would be a debate and a good one. Well, I'm, I'm looking forward to watching tonight, and let's get together tomorrow and talk this over as far as how it turns out. By the way, quickly, you said you just crushed five miles. What did you crush five miles on? Not, it was not a treadmill. It was the hills, man, the hills in the neighborhood. I did not do any push-ups or anything, though, but I still think I passed your mental gymnastics. I got it. Very well done. Heather Dinich, you're the best. We'll be watching tonight and following what happens, and we'll see you tomorrow for all the reaction for sure. Again, the college football playoff selection specialist tonight, 7 Eastern on ESPN. And I'm back with a whole lot more in a moment on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny, the podcast. You can check out Greeny live weekdays at noon Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN+. Plus. Also, don't miss Greeny on Get Up, weekday mornings at 8 Eastern on ESPN. This is Greeny, the podcast.